welcome to the Park Road Podcast for January 14th, 2018. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jack Steen, co-pastor with Russ Steen at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, I Don't Even Know What I Don't Know. go home. But wisdom, we're in a series on wisdom. I'd hate for you to leave here and not be more wise. Not that I have any to impart, but let's see. Before coming to Charlotte, back when we were associate pastors, a colleague in Birmingham told us all the time, now when you become a pastor, you can't say, I don't know. He was so wrong. I can say it. I have said it. I will say it again. I ought to say it, and so should every pastor and associate pastor, and so should every single person on the planet. I don't know. Can you imagine how much healthier we would be how much more integrity we would have, how much more authentic we would be if we could learn to admit what we do not know. Maybe it's our pride. Maybe it's our drive to be successful. Whatever it is, it causes us to be aloof and arrogant, and no one likes to be a know-it-all. Maybe no one likes to be around a know-it-all. A know-it-all seems to like being a know-it-all, but nobody likes being around a know-it-all. There are so many things I do not know, and many of those things actually deal with issues of faith. It's why it's called having faith, not having facts. What we believe is based on a lot of things, the Bible, Christian history, religious tradition, mentors in faith, our gut as to what the sacred and holy one, how the sacred and holy one connects with us personally. But not one of these things can be proven or claimed as solid for 100% sure fact. So there's so much that we do not know. And there is great wisdom in acknowledging and claiming what we do not know. But then there's a whole other category of the unknown. It's all the things that we don't even know that we don't know. These believers that Russ just read about in the story of the Acts of the Apostles, they thought they understood the life of faith. They had even been baptized. Paul is passing through and just checking in on them to see how it's going. And he asked them about the Holy Spirit. And they just started looking around at each other with a quizzical, in a quizzical fashion, like, what in the world is he talking about? What is this Holy Spirit which he speaks? They had never heard of that before. 
They had been baptized by John the baptizer, and his baptism was one of repentance, and there had been no mention of this thing called the Holy Spirit. They didn't even know what they didn't know until Paul pointed it out to them. And with that, these believers are introduced to a whole new way to understand God and a life of faith. They didn't even know what they didn't know. But oh my, once they knew, they were changed. This is a bit of a mind-boggling proposition, though, isn't it? There's so many things that I don't know that I don't know. But to ask the question, to probe the boundaries of our knowledge and understanding, to even allow our minds to consider all that we don't know that we don't know, doesn't that just like give you a headache and make your head spin? But I've been wondering this week if considering this question might just be the key to wisdom. When you take this scene from the baptism tale and ask yourself, well, I wonder what I don't know. That may be an exploration that may just blow your mind. I want to try it in a few scenarios. When I think about children in our at-risk schools whose reading level is way below grade level, one common denominator is that they've often not been read to aloud as small children. I don't think a single day went by in our son's lives when they were toddlers and preschoolers that we did not read aloud to them. We even read to them aloud in middle school. There are so many children who have no one reading aloud to them, ever. And I realize that I have no idea what I don't know about those situations. Is it because the parent is working second shift and isn't home to read to the child? Is it because the parent is working more than one job and is simply too exhausted to read to the child? Is it because the parent himself or herself is not a good reader and feels self-conscious reading aloud? Is it because the parent has dyslexia? Is it because there are no age-appropriate books in the house to read? Like, no age-appropriate books in the house to read. Or is it because the parent is a lazy good-for-nothing who doesn't care about their child's reading ability? The last one is the default assumption if you listen to what people say about that situation but we don't even know what we don't know about these situations. What kind of wisdom could we gather if we learn to ask those bigger questions? It is wise to not jump to conclusions and make false assumptions. 
It is wise, but it's also compassionate. Admitting that there's so much that we don't even know that we don't know may be the gateway to wisdom. When I think about what it might be like to have brown skin, I can't even imagine what I don't know about her life. How has she been followed in a store or in a mall? How has she slipped down the list of possible hires? How has she been denied? How has she been silenced? How has she been overlooked? How has she been the object of discrimination? How has she been treated less than simply because of the color of her skin? What has she experienced that I can't even imagine or dream up? Wisdom asks me to ask these questions before I offer solutions based on my experience as a white woman. Wisdom presses me to discover a deeper reservoir of understanding, empathy, and responsiveness. And on this MLK weekend, of all weekends, we should be probing what we don't know about what we don't know about racial injustice and inequity. I have no idea what it's like to be a refugee from Burma. And yet this weekend, our campus has been full of Burmese refugees holding a conference for their denomination. I don't even know what I don't know about their situation. Their life, their joys, their burdens. I know that they smile at me and thank me. I know that their children are beautiful and very active. I know that anytime our Burmese partners are here, they seem happy and full of life. But I don't even know what I don't know about their circumstances. So this got me thinking after being on campus with them a little this weekend, that after the week we've lived through as a country, we should be asking what we don't know about what we don't know about Haitians and Africans. I do know a good bit about Haiti's next door neighbor, Cuba. I do know that the people are beautiful and resilient and courageous and generous. I do know that they are the most gracious host. I do know that they need our partnership and our connection for way more than the money that we give them. I do know that they are poor. I mean dirt poor. And that when we are there, they are putting their best foot forward. I do know that their joy is absolutely contagious. I do know that their beaches are gorgeous and their music makes you want to move. Not so much in the church, but in the bars. The church is not really known for their great music, but the bars have really good Cuban music. 
I do know that their black beans and rice are the best anywhere and that their mojitos are way better than the mix that you buy here. But I have no idea at all what I don't know and understand about their real life day in and day out. I do know that living in the United States probably sounds appealing in light of their closed and oppressive government and the intense poverty that they endure. And I do know that how we speak about them and others like them really does matter. Wisdom requires us to consider the life and well-being of another. Wisdom demands that we dig deep for understanding. Wisdom is slow to judgment and quick to ask questions of clarification and understanding. When we speak as if we know things we don't know, it just shows our ignorance. I do know that people are desperately trying to tell us their experiences and their plight and their journey. And holy wisdom tells us to listen to them. Learn to open our minds to what we don't even know that we don't know. But if we don't even know what we don't know, we can't even ask right questions. We're so in the dark about so much. So it dawned on me that wisdom requires humility. Wisdom requires us to say, I don't even know what I don't know. And that is a position of humility. Wisdom means that we listen. Wisdom means that we open ourselves to the possibilities that we can't even imagine. Wisdom means that we seek empathy. And if we are humble and open and patient, wisdom will show us the way to change. The people had been baptized already. They were Christians who didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. They didn't even know they were missing something. It didn't mean the Holy Spirit wasn't there. It means they did not even know to recognize, to look for it. But once they realized what they had been missing, once they gained the knowledge that they didn't know what they didn't know that they didn't know, they were set loose and empowered, and they were changed. You've had those moments in your life, haven't you? When you've heard somebody's story, and all of a sudden you go, well, my whole opinion about that would have been different had I known. And once you knew, no, you can't unknow it. You can just change. These people, after learning about the Holy Spirit, they started acting and speaking differently, almost as if they were speaking another language. They began to spout the truth of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in ways that they had never spoken it before. Upon discovering the Holy Spirit, they didn't even know about it. They hadn't heard about it. 
But upon it being revealed to them, they even changed the way they talked. The words we say hold power. The questions we ask have influence. And the humility to admit that we don't even know what we don't know will open us up to the workings of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is set loose, you better watch out because wisdom is just around the corner. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.